Chapter Nineteen of A Mysterious Disappearance by Lewis Tracy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Where Mrs. Hilmer went. Sir Charles Dyke, in sending off the hurried announcements of his wife's death, forgot the society papers. Such a promising topic did not come in their way every week, and they made the most of it. Where did Lady Dyke die? Under what circumstances did she die? They rolled the morsel under their tongue in every conceivable manner. Details were not forthcoming. Our representative called at Wensley House, Portman Square, but was informed that Sir Charles was in Yorkshire. Inquiry by a local reporter from Sir Charles, in person, elicited no information. Lady Dyke is dead, wrote this enterprising journalist. Of that there can be no manner of doubt, but her husband states that, for family reasons, he is unable to supply the public with the precise facts concerning his wife's demise. This ill-advised, authentic statement only fanned the flame. An evening journal got hold of the proceedings at the Putney Coroner's Court, which inquired into the death of a woman found in the Thames, and, with a portentous display of headlines, published an interview with the doctor giving particulars of the iron spike found embedded in the skull the paper was also able to state on the best authority that at this inquest sir charles dyke and the missing lady's personal maid were called in to identify the body but failed a first-class sensation was in full swing and threatened to reach the question stage in the house of commons when bruce took hold of the affairs he went to sir charles dyke's solicitors and induced them to send out the following authoritative communication to the press much unnecessary pain is being caused to sir charles dyke and to the relatives of his late wife by the comments which have appeared in many newspapers regarding lady dyke's death her ladyship left her home on november sixth to pay a visit to her sister at richmond but since that date has not been seen or heard of there was no possible reason for her disappearance after a long and agonizing search her husband and relatives have come to the conclusion that she met with some accident on the date named with the result that her identity was not established and she was probably buried from some hospital or other institution long before her friends seriously entertained the thought that she was dead every such case of accidental death followed by the interment of unknown persons by the authorities occurring on or about november sixth has since been rigidly investigated but no definite trace has been found of the missing lady sir charles dyke determined to take the public step of announcing his wife's death in the hope that any hitherto undiscovered clue might thereby come to light but there are no grounds to suppose that any other explanation of the occurrence than that given will be forthcoming the investigation has been in the hands of scotland yard throughout so no good purpose can be served by further discussion in the press of what is now and threatens to remain a mystery rendered more complex by the simplicity of its leading features several newspapers of course pointed out that they were helping forward the inquiry by noising it abroad but thenceforth the paragraphs ceased being eclipsed in interest by the revelations of a great divorce case in which there were no less than six titled correspondents 
one man was much puzzled by the original obituary notice and the semi-official statement supplied by the solicitors mr white did not know what to make of them he guessed that bruce had inspired that explanation and he read the concluding sentence many times it threatens to remain a mystery does it not he murmured just wait mr bruce until i lay my hands on corbett clever as you are i think i will show you that scotland yard can occasionally get the better of your theories anyhow corbett will have to be very explicit about his movements before i am satisfied that he knows nothing about this business he had written to the chief of police at cheyenne and something definite would soon come to hand nevertheless he felt somewhat shaken in his diagnosis of the crime wyoming was a long way from london and the letter from corbett which he had in his possession did not exactly confirm his suspicion that this man was concerned in the murder of lady dyke he quickly became aware of mrs hilmer's departure and at once jumped to the conclusion that she had recently left england for the united states a close scrutiny of the passenger lists at liverpool and southampton did not help him much and he ultimately resolved to call on bruce in the hope that a chance exclamation might reveal the barrister's opinion of the situation claude was not at a loss to account for mr white's presence i expected you he said really now may i ask why sir because you have missed mrs hilmer and you want me to help you find where she has gone and why the detective smiled i won't say that you are wrong sir he cried in these affairs it is always well to keep an eye on the woman you know when did mrs hilmer leave raleigh mansions on the thirtieth it is now february third four days ago eh? that is the time she might have left by the american line from southampton or the connard from liverpool on wednesday but she did not and no one answering to her description is booked by the white star to-morrow southampton liverpool do you think she has gone to america where else she is in league with corbett somehow of that i am certain and i think that the monte carlo address was a mere blind a clever one too as it has even deceived you mr bruce yes it did deceive me then why are you so surprised at the suggestion that the lady should attempt to cross the atlantic because i have not your rapid perception of the points of the case that's your way of pulling my leg mr bruce the barrister smiled mrs hilmer of course had gone to monte carlo once there she would have little difficulty in tracing the white heather and overtaking mensmore she would warn him of the police pursuit and there would be a scene between them how would it result would mensmore guilty seek safety in flight would he innocent return to london and demand to be confronted with his accusers for the life of him bruce could not say positively yet he felt the situation was too delicate to be dealt with by mr white's bludgeon methods and he forbore to speak the detective interpreted his silence as an admission of inability to find a satisfactory explanation of mrs hilmer's absence he went on corbett is not at monte carlo so i imagined well it is a fact 
the police have made constant inquiries for him at the hotel du cercle and elsewhere not the slightest trace of him can be found i was there myself you know yes sir i have not forgotten that but it shows what a clever rascal the fellow is in concealing his identity however he could never have counted on my discovering that letter of his even if he is not in america we shall have some reliable data to go upon in answer to my queries there i fully agree with you you'll have done a great deal if you thoroughly clear up the mystery regarding corbett may i ask you to let me know the result with pleasure sir and now can i request a favour in return certainly tell me then what is in your opinion the best way to find mrs hilmer bruce did not expect to be thus openly challenged on the matter it was one thing to withhold his own theories and discoveries from this representative of the majesty of the law but quite another to refuse to help a detective with whom he was nominally working besides mrs hilmer had four days a start it would take some time possibly a telegram would not be sufficiently explicit to obtain the desired assistance from the continental police yes in this instance mensmore must take his chances if i were you said bruce slowly weighing his words i would inquire at the continental booking offices at victoria and charing cross and from the guards in charge of the morning mail trains on the thirtieth in fact it would be quite safe if you were to wire to the authorities at monte carlo asking if mrs hilmer is not now at the hotel du cercle the detective started as though he had been shot what he cried do you think she's there all the time i think she has been there since wednesday morning that is what i mean why did you not tell me sooner because you never asked me and now mr white one word of advice go slow it's all jolly fine telling me to go slow when i have no reason to go fast the case even against corbett is shadowy enough at present exactly wait until you can grasp a substance i will sir said white jamming his hat on but when i lay my hands on corbett i will grasp him hard enough it took the policeman all that day to satisfy himself that mrs hilmer had really booked for the riviera by the club train from charing cross on the preceding monday just as he verified the fact came a reply from the monte carlo police mrs hilmer arrived at the hotel du cercle on wednesday left for italy same afternoon shall we endeavour to trace her oh bother he growled corbett may be in jerusalem by this time and here have i been fussing about wyoming or some other potato patch in the far west however he wired again to monte carlo yes locate mrs hilmer if possible i will then telegraph instructions to local police when this message was dispatched he felt easier in his mind the chase was at least getting warm i cannot arrest him yet he reflected but if i once get fairly on his track i will not lose sight of him again if i can help it i suppose it will mean a trip to italy for me i must lay the evidence before the treasury to see if a warrant is justified 
two days passed without incident late on sunday evening february fifth a continental telegram was handed to him at scotland yard mrs hilmer's present address hotel imperial florence he promptly wired the chief of police at florence keep mrs hilmer english visitor hotel imperial under surveillance also watch her associates particularly englishmen named corbett if there letter follows that's a good stroke of business said he when the message was sent now we shan't be long it was in contented mood that he lit a cigar in his office before walking home for dinner but a messenger with the badge of the commercial cable company in northumberland avenue bustled past him who's the cable for boy said the detective white scotland yard was the answer that's me he tore open the envelope and found that the contents were coded but he caught the word corbett amidst the unintelligible jumble with some excitement he rushed into the office to find the abc code and after some confusion deciphering the words this was what he read regret delay in replying to your communication corbett left new york in white star steamer due liverpool february fourth february fourth why that's yesterday good gracious he's here all the time well of all the but exclamations were useless calling another plainclothes man to accompany him he drove off in mad haste to sloane square about an hour later bruce received a typewritten slip gummed on to a telegraph form it was from florence and ran as follows my brother wildly excited regarding allegations we start for london to-night meanwhile fearful complications expected mr corbett of wyoming my brother's friend is probably occupying his flat and may be arrested we both trust you to save him wire us at modane or gare du nord gwendoline hilmer so bruce also raced off in a hansom towards sloane square End of chapter 19